If you are an estate agent, letting agent, or someone who is interested in the property market, then this, the UK Property Market Stat Show, is for you. This week, I'm joined by Ian McKenzie. We'll come to Ian in a second. And we're looking at week five of 2024, which for all intents and purposes is Monday the 29th of January, all the way through till Sunday the 4th of February inclusive. What's unique about this particular stat show is, is that other stats, you're looking at stuff from the Nationwide and Halifax that are looking from sales that were agreed two, three months ago. The Land Registry is looking at sales that were completed two or three months ago, but were actually agreed six, eight, nine months ago. We're looking at what's happening to both house prices and the numbers behind it, the number of transactions from last week. We're looking at the number of houses that are coming on the market. We're looking at the number of uh, properties that are selling, falling through, being reduced. The number of properties are then going through to exchange of contracts. And we're looking at this in almost real time. We're also looking at house prices as well. Now, what we do on this show, which is quite unique and you won't see this anywhere in the UK, is that we're looking at the pound per square foot achieved across the UK, both at listing, but sale agreed, and also exchange and completion. And by doing that, we can foretell what's going to happen to the land registry figures approximately three or four months in advance with an accuracy rate of about 90 to 91%. So therefore, if you want to know what's happening to the property market or what's going to happen to house prices and the indexes, then watch this show. As I said, this week, we're joined by Ian McKenzie. Now, Ian McKenzie is boss man of the Guild of Property Professionals, a group of around 800 independent estate agents from around the UK all come together to guide and support each other on their journey of being better estate agents, which ultimately help you, the homeowners of the UK. Ian used to be huge in the game when it comes to Countrywide. He's one of their big regional directors. So he knows his onion. He's one of the most influential and respected people in the industry. He's an absolute top chap and he runs a great organization as part of the Nurture Group. Uh, Ian, thanks for joining us today. And I know you're a regular guest on this, but you're damn good value for money and you always give great insight. So uh, thanks for joining us today, Ian. Chris, thank you very much indeed. Always a pleasure to do. I love these, uh, love these sessions. Bless you, bless you. So ladies and gentlemen, the show is split up in the following way. For the first probably 35 to 40 minutes, Ian and myself will look at all of the national stats um, and we'll look at listings for sales, what properties coming on the market, selling, price reductions and exchanges. Um, and then we'll spend the last 20 minutes focusing on one particular town or city where we really do deep dive and really look at that particular market. Now this week it's on Worcester. Now, if you, you could say, well, if I'm not from Worcester, I'm not particularly interested. But what I would say is this, we're using a bit of kit, which is relatively unique in the estate agency industry, which actually shows you which what's happening in the market with the estate agents. Uh, some people might, may or might not know, I'm a property statistician, and I love writing content for estate and letting agents around the UK. But this looks at how the agents are performing. And what I would say is this, if you're an estate agent and you're suffering from the biggest problems of a, other agents overvaluing or not getting a high enough fee, then this independent piece of software will enable you to prove that you are a better estate agent. So what I would say is even if you're not in Worcester, do watch those last 20 minutes because if you are as good as you think you are, and the numbers, independent numbers prove it, this bit of kit could actually prove that you are worth the money so you get more valuations, more listings, and higher fees. And who doesn't want any more of that? So Ian, let's dive in 
And let's have a look at the Stadaroonies. So as always, ladies and gentlemen, we start off with the listings and I'll just spend a minute or so just going through these numbers and then we'll come to Ian and he will give us his forsoothnesses and, and wise words. So this week we are, as I said, looking at week five and then we are comparing our week five with the other years going back to 2017. And we can see here that we've got 34,947 properties that have listed this week. Last year, it was almost, last week, sorry, it was almost identical at 34,709. And the week before that, 33, and the week before that, 28. Um, in terms of year to date, in terms of the value, uh, in terms of the, uh, hold on a second, there we go. Um, in terms of the year to date, listings were on 151,000 and as you can quite clearly see from the graph that you know no year has actually come quite close to that you know 200, 2019 was 144,000 year to date when it comes to valuations uh, sorry listings 2018 138 but we've got other low years like 2017 where it was 128 um there is a balancing act. There's like a Goldilocks effect of not too many listings because you don't want to drag mm. the property market mm. down. And then you've got to, not too little, which is going to make ha, have the negative effect. Well, Ian will give his, his, his opinion in a second. The average price of a property that's come on the market is 418000 which is very similar to last week at 427 and the week before that 421. And if we look on the graph now, we put all that together. The yellow, the white line is 2024, and we're comparing ourselves against the more, if I dare I say, normal years of 17, 18, 19, and 23. You can see that we are slightly ahead of those years. So, Ian, what's your thoughts on listings? Well, the first thing is the graphics I love, Chris. Having the big, uh, bold look, white line makes it much easier to see. So, uh, well done for that for the first point. Um, it's a good start to the year. I mean, the, the overview, good good start, strong. Uh, I think it shows that consumers have normalised in terms of uh, interest rates and mortgage rates where they are, so they're just accepting it and getting on with it, which I've seen in the past in my career is after the initial period of flux, people just accept things and, and go about their business. Um, of course, there'll be a myriad of different reasons as to why people are selling. Um, and that's the job of the agent to to sort of deep dive into the needs of the of their customer, um, which is fundamentally important, I have to say. Uh, but generally speaking, it's a it's a good positive start. Good stuff. Right. OK. Um, the average value of a property coming on the market at 418. And we're going to come to this in a bit. But the average price of a property actually selling at the moment is nearer £350,000. So we will come to that because that is beginning to slightly concern me on that one. But we'll come on to that, as I said, in a second. Let's go look at price reductions. 18,231 this week. Last week, 17,700. The week before, 17,100. And the week before that, 16,800. This means that we are, and the average price of a property being reduced Interestingly, remember the average price of a property come on the market four eighteen, the average price of a property being reduced three eight four. So the lower price properties are coming down in the in price. If that number was much higher, then the the bigger ones would be coming down in price. Um, this is we are reducing one in eight houses at the moment in the UK, Ian. On these okay. sort of levels, is that enough? Uh, no. 
I don't think it is. So going back to your average listing price, we had this debate last year. You were always really concerned by this, and I was always less concerned by this, because as a national average, I think it gets skewed quite heavily by the um, super prime market in London and city centres, etc. So as I say, I, I would be more concerned by regional variants than national variants on that particular point. Um, and that was my view last year, and that's still definitely my view this year. The, the general overview of uh, price reductions increasing week on week, and you sent me these slides last night, Chris, so thank you for that. And when I looked at them, that's the first sign that is cautious to me, which is, is supply and demand curve changing? So as we see increases uh, increasing in the listings throughout the course of the year, that's the first trigger that I'd be looking very carefully at in terms of the ratio between price reduction numbers and stock. Having just said that, I have sort of contradicted myself in saying one in eight is not enough, um, because actually I would always look look for a 20% of, um, of stock reduction in a month. That was always the metric that we put out in Countrywide. So one in five, effectively, because you should, at time of listing, you should have a really clear strategy with your seller of, of how you're going to assess the market, assess the property's reaction to the marketplace and then have a really good communication plan with them. And that all links back. For me, it's like Hansel and Gretel's dropping sweeties along the path. Um, don't go and pin the tail on the donkey at time of valuation. Don't go and tell the customer what you think it's worth. Work out the price together with the consumer because it takes ego and emotion out of the ongoing conversation thereafter, which is it isn't you that's got it wrong as the estate agent. It's just the reaction to the marketplace of the property at that price. Interestingly, bringing so it's like a collaborative approach as opposed to a, a, um, a combative approach. Interestingly, this graph shows that, as I said, if you were comparing price changes against the number of listings, the price price changes fifty two percent of the number of listings. But if one in eight is twelve and twelve point eight percent, if memory serves you well, going off my memory or something like that, yeah. so. We probably need to be, as I said, one in five if we're going down the country countrywide approach. And ladies and gentlemen, this is when countrywide will have forced to be reckoned with. Okay, I'm not talking about the last few years where we went retailing. We're talking about when they were the big bad boys. Um, let's come back. Um, yeah, whilst we're here, we'll just might as well look the the price difference between the 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 long term average of the difference between the average asking price of the property selling and an average price coming on the market fundamentally has always been long-term about 16.5%. I get slightly concerned when it gets to 20, and some of this, you're absolutely right, is inner London dragging it up. So if you go to outer London, so inner London is N, N, W, E, S, E, S, W, and the, the central ones, um, They've got big numbers, but if you go to outer London, the difference is probably about three or four percent. But yeah, London might might if I've got time. If none of us have time, I might we might have to strip the the numbers out and just see what the difference is. But yeah, I think it's just important to look at these numbers. That the magic thing is the difference between the two. Okay, let's get back. Let's look at gross sales. So the number of gross sales this week is twenty four thousand nine hundred and forty five. Okay, which compared to last week was 23, the week before 21, and the week before 18. 
the average price of a property sale agreed is 348,000. And uh, gross sales year to date, 99,472. And uh, there's the graph there. So what's your thoughts on this, Ian? Everybody gets, everybody's always excited about gross house sales. Uh, I'm less so, because one of the things that you know by running a chain of estate agents is there's a game that no one wins called SwapNet, where they agree a sale one week, it falls through six, eight weeks later, and then they re-agree it again, and then pat, them, pat themselves on the back. Well, actually, all you've done is delay your cash flow. So gross sales, whilst important, and that, that the trend there is good because it's positive, so it creates a really positive narrative in the market, which shows that people are prepared to make a decision, they can afford it, and uh, they are prepared to move on with their life. So sentiment is improving, confidence is improving, which is great. Cannot uh, confuse effort with achievement. And so it is gross sales minus fall throughs to create net sales is the one that I'm most interested in. Well, we're going to net sales in a second, but you've got to admit, year to date, 99,472 gross sales when you consider that the average in 17, 18 or 19 was hovering around the 93 mark, I think yeah. most agents would take that, wouldn't they? It's positive, yeah, yeah, definitely. Listen, if we were talking about a figure in the in the 80s, we'd be very concerned, wouldn't we? But So it would appear that sentiment is strong stroke improving, uh, and that's great for the housing market. It means that people can, can and are making decisions. Okay, so we talked about gross sales, but then gross sales, and then we have to have fall-throughs. So number of fall-throughs this week is 5,131. And as a percentage, which I think is a more important stat, the stat is 20.57%, which, again, let's just remind, ignore these blips, because these are Christmas blips. They always happen. They, they you know, uh, The magic thing is the long-term trend. Let's look here. Certain thing in Q Q4 in 22, can you remember? It was kind of this lady, yeah. Liz, or thing. fall-through rates in the 40s. They dipped down, they came back up in May 23, and we're hovering around the 30% mark. And the long-term drift has been down. And as I said, if we're carrying on, a 20%, 20.5% fall-through rate is really good. Let's look at last week. It was 20.32. And the week before that, it was 23. That's so the one, that's the bit that's the most positive, Chris. I'm really pleased with this graph. So I think that it is... Um, it's showing that there's a slight flip on the tail there, isn't it? So we're always, we're all, always with these shows, it's what does next week bring? What does next week bring? But but currently it looks uh, yeah. 20.5 good. Yeah, I think there's a bit of, it really is such a minor figure that I wouldn't worry too much on that. But um, in terms of fall throughs themselves, you can see how week five compares to the other years. And yeah. again, it's the, the long-term average is 24. Isn't it interesting? Everyone in the industry thinks it's one in three. In reality, it's one in four, and at the moment, it's one in five. Yeah, it's good. But perception is reality, isn't it? Okay. Yeah. So net sales, ladies and gentlemen, is the number of gross sales this week, which, as I said, is 24,945. Fall through is 5,131, which means there are 19,814 net sales this week. The white line is 2024. Now, I think the important lines to consider is this. It's the it's the pink line and the orange line, which are the important ones. The orange line is 17, 18, and 19. And the white and the pink line is 2023. 20, and you can quite clearly see here, if we see if we can zero in. Okay. I don't know if we can do this. Let's see if it, we can do it. 
don't know if we can actually hold on okay you can see here that we are well ahead yeah. of those two i'd be absolutely chuffed with that yeah that's that's the bit that's for me most important it shows that agents pipelines are increasing um which is great this time of year the question that I would be having running a business is what have I done to actually facilitate a quicker exchange of contracts, trying to break that 140 day average from sale agree to completion. That's a different story. Uh, but I'd be really, really encouraged by this particular graph. Good stuff. Right. Year to date, we've got 75,273 net sales, which is 103.1% of the 17, 18 and 19 average. And that number 103 is growing. Yeah. So the gap between us and 17, 18, 19 is widening, which is yeah. can only be good news. And after five weeks, that's strong. Four percent. But again, we've got you know early days. A swallow yeah. doesn't make a summer, does it? Or spring or whatever it's called. Net sales, as I said, 19,814. Again, we're never going to be in the sort of levels that we saw in 21 and 22. COVID hadn't hit in 2020. And so again, you compare us with 17, 18, and 19. Ladies and gentlemen, it's tough out there, but it's not as tough as you perceive it is. And I think it's funny, the psyche of the British is that it's the, the past was always not as bad as we thought it was. But, you know, that's that's human psyche, isn't it? Um, let's just have a quick look. Um, that's, a, that's another graph. This is more of a countrywide graph that I know you countrywide boys like. And girls, gross sales as a percentage of listings at 71. Happy with that? Or could you, would you like more? I'd like to see a little bit more, but I'll take it for, you know, for the time of year. I think that it does link back to um, pricing and launch prices of property. So still an element of buying the instruction from agents out there that are fly, flying the kites. But, you know, it's, it's, it's OK. It's not it's not a disaster. OK, so we've got uh, we've just turned into February. So we've got the new we've got the brilliant stats from January to come in. And the first thing that we are looking at is this is fresh hot off the press. Uh, the number of properties for sale on the 1st of Feb as we went into the 1st of Feb. And we we opened the books on the 1st of Feb. Now, the yellow lines, um, um, sorry, start to get, the yellow lines are where it says January. That's the 31st of January, okay? So just remember that. So it's you know, 31st of January, 1st of Feb, same thing. <laughs> Nearest time, it's any day. But we closed the book on 510,000 properties for sale. Compared to 31st of Jan, 524,000, but a year before that, 373. But very, you know, not as much stock as, you know, let's let's look at that. In 18, there was 539,000. In 19, 613,000 and 591,000 at the end of uh, going into 2020, uh, 1st of Feb, 31st of Jan. If you would ask most agents, do you think they would say that we are approximately 20% below 17, 18, 19 stock levels? Um, I think it varies by different parts of the country. So I, I speak to agents that have got a lot of stock where they've had a sort of a 200% increase versus uh, 2022. There's right. other parts of the UK that are a little bit hand to mouth, but that tends to be their, um, that tends to be their market conditions. So London and, and city centres have a lower... Uh, listing to um, available listing to stock ratios. I, I, th I think this graph really sums up exactly why the housing market has, has remained quite resilient in the last 18 months, because what we haven't seen is extreme available stock, which changes consumer behavior. If there's lots of 
three bed semis on the market, you take longer to choose one. If there's one or two, you make a decision quickly. So I think from a psychological perspective, these figures, whilst you'd probably want more stock, have actually helped to underpin the marketplace. I certainly agree. And um, I'll just pull up some stats to give you an idea, the number of properties that were for sale um, at the, this is this this is going to scare you, right? Here we go. As we went into the to the to the start of February in two thousand and five, the market was on fire. Then there was one point four million houses for sale. Wow! As we went in to two thousand and eight, there was one point three million houses for sale, and today it's five hundred and ten thousand. Hmm. So isn't that fascinating? That the low, there's a lower stock levels. Now, interestingly, I've just got some stats which I've been doing for my clients because I know you know that some people don't. I'm at my daytime job is a ghostwriter writing articles for agents. And what I've done is we've looked at how many properties, what were the likelihood of an agent selling a home in 22 versus 23? And interestingly, nationally, in 22, if you uh, an agent had a 65% chance of actually getting the property through to exchange and completion, mm-hmm. what's in 23? It was only 52%, right. which means that I find it, you know, agents are only getting paid on one in two houses that they put on the market, which yeah. doesn't seem right to me. But what is interesting is if you compare the different regions, the 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 the, the best region in terms of the one that has performed the better the drop is Scotland, because they went from 81 down to 77, which is only a 4.2% drop. But the biggest drop by far was East Anglia that went from 64% in 22, all the way down to 47%. Um, you would expect London to be a, a, a not particularly a good one, but London actually went from 42 to 35%, which is a 17% drop. So actually London has been one of the better performers in the market. And it's been places like East Anglia, and it's been places like the Southwest and the Southeast that have been hit hardest between 22 and 23 i must actually put that in a nice little map and put it out on yeah. social media i think that'd be quite nice and that's where and it's great it's great data chris so thank you for it that's actually where you need to overlay the relationship between listing price sale agreed price and number of price reductions so you're putting together a jigsaw but you've only, you've only actually mentioned one part of it because yes. i'd like to see the data that actually sits behind it because it could be a very easily solvable conundrum in that Price correctly in the first instance. Go to you. Go to your uh, seller with the facts, with the data. And one of the one of the arts of a state agency is to actually bring all of this data to life in the living room. It is to really allow the seller to make an informed decision. And if you use this data correctly, it's one of the things I've asked you to talk about at the Guild Conference is how you bring data to life. Because there's an expression: I can tell you what I know, but I can't learn it for you. And uh, the art the art of a good estate agent is to allow consumers to make an informed decision. Well, isn't it interesting that, that once a year there's the Home Buyer and Seller Survey, which is done by the Property Academy at their EA Masters event. And they surveyed over 10,000 homeowners last year. And yeah. 30, here we go, 30, 36% of people said they expected their estate agent to have a good market knowledge and, the better, and what we're going to teach at the Guild. Um, but again, if you follow us on the show, you'll be able to get all this most weeks anyways. How do you turn this data into proving that you know what you're talking about? And what I would say, ladies and gentlemen, is this. 
All the graphs that you watch on this show are available to download free of charge from the YouTube channel. If you go to the description at the bottom, there'll be a little link. Um, I'm more than happy for you to use them internally and also at your valuations. You don't need to be a client of mine. What I do say is this, that please do not use them on social media uh, because I need I need to have something that distinguishes myself, but you can use them on the doorstep. You can use them on your vows. Please feel free. Um, let's move on and just talk about the number of properties that are in estate agents pipelines. And as, as I said, as we went in on, to, on the 1st of February, there were 359,686 properties in agents pipelines, yeah. which when you can go and have a look at the figures from 17, 18, 19 and 20, you know, we are approximately 20 to 25 or 20 percent ish above sales pipelines from 17, 18 and 19. Now, some of that is going to be a little bit is the fact that is that house sales are taking a little bit longer. But on average, at the moment, they're taking 17 to 19 weeks, depending on where you are in the country. And they were about 17 to 19 weeks there. Don't fool yourself. It's been many a decade before it was. Can you remember in the good old days, Ian, when eight or nine weeks was a was a, yep. was a, was a normal sale? We don't get yep. those sort of those luxuries. And you'd, you'd expect to turn your pipeline um, three, four, five times in a year. Now, nowadays, you, you know, you're you looking know, at... You know, if, you, if any time you... If any time you get let go, you can go to Brighton Pier and go and be a comedian at the end of the pier with such <laughs> such comments. I think the look out with this with this one. If I was a business owner and I'd been in business for a number of years, I'd be looking at my pipeline entry this going into this year versus last year, see where it sits. I did this with a couple of guild members in January, and the figures were quite similar, which is which actually replicates what you've got there. Um, but then I asked them about their cost base. So what's your cost base done in the last 12 months? And I was pleased to say that um, the eight, the members that I spoke to had dramatically reduced their cost base January 24 versus January 23. That's how much it costs to run the business. But I would be going back over those previous years if you've got the rec if you've got your records and go and just have a look and see what your cost base was to run your business back in those uh, those years because you drive for show and you putt for dough. And so uh, effect effectively. Um, if you're in business as an estate agent, you're in business to make money, hopefully, unless you're a charity, like Andrews, as an example. But um, it, it's overlaying your uh, income opportunity versus your cost base. Interestingly, um, people have said, you know, that, that you know, costs have gone up in the last five years by, say, 20%. Yeah. It's also interesting that house prices have gone up by a similar amount. So if you're on a percentage fee, your fee should have actually matched inflation. There you go. That's just a, just a again, just um, now this that's, is that's been the problem in the sector for 20 years, Chris. Is that the percentages in percentage term have have eroded? The average fee has stayed the same, and it's all due to do with the house price, not the skill of the agent in the living room. In, indeed, what's particularly interesting is. Ladies and gentlemen, is that, is that there is uh, independent evidence that suggests, well, not suggests, it says that the average fee in 2008 was 1.6. And for the last couple of years, she's been hovering around one. And the line, because the, the, it was the um, Sunday Times Awards and it turned into the Property Academy survey, that line has been in a constant line. And everyone blamed a certain estate agent with a certain royal colour mm. that opened up in 2014. But interestingly, most of that drop occurred before purple bricks came on board yeah you can't blame purple bricks for the degradation of fees because most of that fee drop happened before they came on in 2014 yeah peter rowlings wouldn't agree with that would he if he can get 2.48 average fee through foxton's in central london 
uh, it's to do with culture and delivery. But of course it is. Of course it is. Okay, so this is a new graph, which um, I'm pleased to announce. And this yeah. is the thing about pound per square foot. Now, we've always said that the lower price properties have a higher propensity to sell. And the, what you tend to find is, is that the higher price properties have also have a slightly higher pound per square foot figure. So the red line is new listings, probably on a national basis. I'm going to just put that aside for one second, because whilst that is an important measurement and metric, the most important ones here is the pound per square foot at sale agreed, which is the orange line, and the green line, which is the exchange figure, which in essence is the land registry figure. Okay. And I don't know if you can see, but the the exchange figure matches the orange figure, but it looks like it's been shifted four or five months to the right. Yeah. Can you, can you see roughly that that what happens with the orange line happens with the green line four or five months afterwards? Yeah. Now I'm going to get all technical now, but the Pearson correlation, correlation coefficient, which is basically how two numbers match each other, has a correlation efficient of a positive 0.91% at four or five months. Now that does sound very techy and geeky, but the bottom line is this, ladies and gentlemen, is if you follow the pound per square foot at sale agreed with a 0.91% level of certainty on the coefficient, which is ultra high, you can judge what's going to happen to the land registry figures four or five months' time. And you can see here that the basically so the orange line is the most important, okay? That's the sale agreed. And the pound per square foot is £331.35, which is just there in Jan. We, before, before it was 321, but that was December, so there's lower numbers. But the fundamental thing is this. We will know what is going to happen to the land registry four or five months in advance by looking at that orange line. And I will come to you every month with that so you can foretell. We'll be sorcerers, Ian. We can, we can, and all we're doing is looking at this. And, the, you know, to give you an idea of the sort of numbers that we're talking, because some people say, well, where do you get these stats from? Well, they come from our friends at 20EA. But basically, every single property that comes on the market has a EPC. You go get the EPC data with the, with this square footage, square meterage, and then apply it. So, you know, we're talking in terms of sales here, just to give you an idea. Um, we're dealing with, you know, for the last year, we're dealing with over 800,000 properties that have sold to the contract, okay? Because not everyone has this square footage on them, and flats are difficult to find. But fundamentally, that will foretell the land registry. So we know, look, look at, you know, look at the orange line. Is that dropping like a stone? No. If it does start to drop like a stone, that's when we can ring the big alarm bells and ring the fire engines. Yeah, that's interesting. So you're, turn, you're turning, Chris, from property Wolverine into property Merlin. You're turning into a sorcerer where you're starting to predict, predict things. I wouldn't say that. I've just got one of these, um, a bit like, uh, you know, just like, you know, those, the film with the numbers coming, like a Rain Man sort of thing. I can look at the yeah. and go, well, that matches. I'm a very strange book. I mean, my claim to fame, Ian, is this, and this will make you, no one's listening. No one listens to the show. It doesn't matter. But my claim to fame is, is that when a train goes through Grantham, I can tell you when it left King's Cross or where it came from. And I'm really boring at that. It's just that I've got this memory. I memorize the, the timetables. All my friends roll their eyes up, but they soon ring me up when they want to get, jump on a train and where to get it from. But I'd just like to say, ladies and gentlemen, I am not a train spotter. Am I, Joe? I'm not a train spotter. I just. You're, you're Neo from the Matrix. That's what it is. You just see numbers. 
<laughs> oh dear, you make me laugh. Right. Okay. So that's the end of the national part of the show. Um, next part. Uh, anything? Do you, do you just want to say something now about national things, or would you like to wait to the end once you've done Worcester? What would you like to do? Um, yeah, I just, I just think from a national perspective, uh, it's a good, strong, positive start. I think that agents should be optimistic, cautiously optimistic. I still feel that it can be fragile. We're in a bit of a volatile world at the moment, and there's quite a lot going on. So I would uh, definitely be getting my team aware of what's happening uh, globally, just to be able to offer the right advice to people. Uh, but I would be um, cautiously optimistic, as, as I've just said. Good stuff. Right. What we'll do now, Ian, is let us dive in and let us have a look at Worcester. Okay, Ian, so we're going to be using a couple of websites today. The first main one is going to be 20EA or using their Insights platform. Uh, this is available to estate agents. There is a free of charge version. And then there's one where you pay them a reasonable amount of shekels and you have access to what I'm about to show you today. Um, they're not paid. pay me to uh, mention this but in return, they give me access to it and I show you guys how to do it because I do genuinely believe it's a game changer piece of software. And we'll also be looking at another favorite piece of software of mine, and that's Bricks and Logic. Um, and we'll also be looking at the property market and I've come up with some stuff as well. So I think the first thing we do is let us, let us have a look at the market as a whole before we start mentioning estate agents. Um, and we're going to go and have a look at the software which is called Bricks and Logic, okay? And these are my two favorite bits of software at the moment are Bricks and Logic and 20EA. So this particular bit of kit allows you, put, I don't know if you've seen this, Ian, but it basically takes property data and produces in a heat map on lots and lots of different things. So if we're going to Worcester, let's go and have a look. And you can see that this is what's happening to uh, house prices at sale agreed, not at completion in the last 12 months. And we can zoom in and look, you can actually start looking at different, and you can zoom in to town levels and you can have a look at what's happening in the town and what's happening to house prices. Uh, so that's house prices. And then you can start looking at things like um, average rental prices like this. So again, this could be of interest. So you can see here that there are certain areas. I will, well, let's change that from rental pound per square foot to average rental price. So you can see here how different areas of Worcester. Uh, so that I don't know what this area is here. We can zoom in a bit and you can see the area that that is seems to be the hotter area when it comes to rents. So again, what I like to do is frame these up and put them out on social media. It looks, you know what you're talking about. You know, it's some fantastic. Isn't it strange how it, it's almost like a patchwork of something that's on average in the center at 610 all the way up to something that's 1.4 and again you can zoom into your heart's content so there must be a lot of some flats in there and i'll tell you what 400 pound a month that must be some there must be some uh hmos in there for that sort of price yeah um but it's a nice bit of kit you can also have a look at stuff like um i just just spend a just something i do particularly like you can see where all the if we if epcs kick in maybe a bit of a data kick again don't worry about it Ian. no one's watching this but you can see where all the uh, private rental properties are. There we go. So this is this is quite nice. It shows you where the private rental properties are if you were focusing as a letting agent. 
And then what you can also do is you can focus if the EPCs come back on, we can say, right, give me all the private tenanted properties that are A, Bs and Cs. So you could target your properties, you could target your marketing on trying to get the landlords with A to C properties. That's good. That's great. Like Nice. Yeah. Anyway, so that's just a little plug for those guys, but no one's here to look at those. Oh, I tell you, what I do. I will just show you. Is this? Um, as I said, I know you know I do this, but um, I ghostwrite articles like big thousand word articles, like a Sunday Times journalist, and we've just done this on Worcester, and it shows you. You can actually the people are asking the question: Is that a buyer's market or a seller's market? And there is actually a defined definition, and it's the number of houses sold versus the number of houses that are on the market. And the percentage of the difference shows you whether it's a buyer's market or a seller's market. And you can see here in 21 and 22 that it was quite obviously a seller, extreme seller's market in Worcester. Yes. And then in 23, she was hovering around the seller's market, but she's slowly drifting down more into a balanced market. So again, just a heads up, ladies and gentlemen, in Worcester is that the market is cooling. I'm sure you're seeing this, but this is seeing it. And this is the postcodes WR1 all the way through to WR6, okay? So I thought that was quite interesting. So uh, we'll just get rid of that. It, it is it is interesting, and it creates a fantastic opportunity for a brilliant pitch at time of valuation. So I've, I've always, I always talk about how do you deliver it in the living room. And if you're in Worcester, you need to know what are the migratory paths of buyers going into it and actually moving within it. And if you're in at 45%, for me, that's the perfect marketplace for a person locally to put the house on the market and still buy the house of their dreams without external pressure. Indeed. And we can actually split it down by individual postcodes as well. It's it is absolutely fascinating. Yeah, that is good. Right. Okay. Let us go and have a look and let's go and look at the real data that everyone's here for. And that is the 20 EA platform. So let's go and have a look now. Here we go. Just pull that up. And where is it? Here we go. So can you see the 20, 20 EA platform, Ian? Yeah, I can. Yeah. Okay. So we have data going back to 20, January the 1st, 2019. This is right move plus on steroids with a couple of rockets strapped to it. It really does not get any better than this. We can see the number of, the number of new instruction levels by month. And you can see here that in terms of comparison, how different years have affected. So you can see here that, that obviously the great months of new instructions were this the second one in, which is 2020. But it's been pretty consistent since around the 300 mark. And this is postcodes WR1, 2, 3, 4, 5, and 6 combined. Um, interestingly, I would expect that sort of levels in this part of the world, nothing out of this world. Uh, interestingly, if you go to London, numbers are all over the place. Nothing comes on the market in the summer. There goes hell for leather in Jan and Feb, and then they'll go to the Doi Dorian or wherever that is in the spring. Then they have another month of putting hands on the market. Fascinating. Let's look at how the different agents perform. And the first thing we're going to have a look at is the property centre. So, Ian, you remember so that the, the 312, this is the figure here, yeah. is the average price of a property that has come onto the market in the last six years. OK, so let's see how all the agents, because we'll go and have a look at the upper quartile in a second. So the property centre, which are an agency based out of Bristol going up the M5. I've met some of these guys of a refreshing pint of lager at the Estes a few times. Nice lads, I like them. Okay, so 242, which tells me that they are at the lower to middle end in terms of 
the chimney pots, aren't they? They're they're going yeah. for the chimney pots, aren't they? Yeah. Um, but you've got to admit, eleven percent market share is decent. And let's see, is that growing? Well, it looks like they've grown in nineteen and twenty, but since twenty one and twenty two and twenty three, have remained between ten and fifteen percent. That's quite a jump, isn't it? Up and down. Yeah, it does. Okay. Let's go and look at Alan Morris. Well, downward trend, guys, unfortunately. You started off around the 10 or 11 mark, and you're going more towards the 7 or 8%. They're at 350, though, so let's yeah. just add up to what the average. They're slightly upper. Let's go look at Connell's. Uh, Connell's part of Connell's sequence. Pretty consistent around the 8% mark. Let's go and look at Nickel & Co., and one well-known estate agent in the industry. And again... Probably just been hovering around the seven or eight percent mark, not growing there. Let's go and look at free agent two four seven. Okay, there's no, no one's. Everyone seems to be in their own lane. No one seems. Yeah, to they do, don't they? Yeah. Okay, Sheldon Alliance. Oh, the states. Do you have any guild members in in? Yeah, that? number eight, Philip Laney and Jolly. Oh, All right, so on the states, you're growing. Well done, guys. Philip Laney, Jolly, Jolly. What are you have? What are you doing, guys? Hold on. There we go. Pretty much staying in your lane around 3%. Yeah. Let's go to CJ Hall, which is part of the Property Franchise Group franchise. You guys seem to be dipping a bit. Sorry, guys. Hills Estate Agents. But treading water slightly up. Yeah. Purple Bricks. Not unexpected. No. Uh, Andrew Tutlin. Okay. Looks like there's some good months there. R.A. Bennett, part of the Countrywide Network. Mm -hmm. Water. Platinum. I'm surprised at the price range of R.A. Bennett, knowing them. Well, they're quite, they're in the Cotswolds. They do posh properties, don't they? Yeah, they do. Yeah, that's dropped. Okay, we've got the leaders there. Again, we're in 1% here. So, yeah. interesting, not, not, there's no, quite a lot of times in most towns, there's two big agents that are like 15, 16%. Hmm. And then, you know, here, 11, 9, 8, and 8, and then quite a drop down there. So it looks like there's four main players in Resi sales. Yeah. Just have a quick look at stock levels, ladies and gentlemen, just to see what's happening to stock levels. And this is the number of properties that are on the market. Isn't that interesting that the stock levels are now returning back to 2020 levels? Hmm. Hmm. So that's actually slightly booking the national trend of it. Okay. Yeah, it is, yeah. Uh, okay, that's interesting. Which, right. it, it, which is in line with your data of it's gone from a very strong buyer's um, buyers market, sorry, yep. very strong yep. seller's market, to more of a middle market. It's, it's a downward trend, isn't it? This is the level of stock in the bottom left-hand corner. You can see that it looks like the property centre has grown their stock levels. Good. Just because you're growing stock might mean you're selling it or letting it. We'll come on to that. Alan yep. Morris, you seem to be dropping your stock levels. Connell's. Growing, Nickel and Co, dropping, free agent. But again, you, you've got to have them be going to sell them. So, yeah. you know, you've got to look at all the data in, in not in isolation, but together. As Ian rightly said, like a jigsaw puzzle. Okay. Um, again, Ian, you just jump in whenever whenever you want to say anything, because you know me, yeah, I, 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 I'm like a, like a broken record on this. Okay. So, ladies and gentlemen, there is an awful lot of data here, and not many people love data as much as myself. But just like the my one of my favorite TV programs is Aussie Gold Hunters, where you've got to dig out you know thousands of tons of stone to get the little gems or a little bit of gold. There is some amazing gold in here, which 
agents should be using, which could prove that you're worth thousands of pounds more than your competitors in terms of fee. And I think that, as I said, you know this, Ian, so we'll, um, but let's ignore new instructions, new instruction market, uh, market share sale agreed. It's this here, exchanged and withdrawn. Ignore fall throughs, ignore price changes. Although there's some notable numbers there. Ian, start looking at the price changes on fall and throughs, just see if there's anything that, that screams at you. I'll come to you in a second on that. Yeah. But the magic thing is, ladies and gentlemen, that between November 21 and, so that's two years and two months, A property only leaves an estate agent's books if she withdraws or she exchanges. If a sale falls through, you're still on the books and it still remains in the system. It's the, what comes out the end. And the magic thing is this. For every 100 houses that the property centre have put onto the market, they've exchanged contracts on 79.92. Alan Morris, 69. Connells, 49. Which says that if I am the property centre and I'm up against Alan Morris, you can say, with me, you've got an 8 in 10 chance of moving. With them, 7 in 10. And with Connell's, 5 in 10. Nickel and Cole at 82 and Arden's at 81. Well done, guys. The average in the town is 64. But there is some interesting numbers there. Uh, Chris, Chris, I'm just going to call out two performances, if, if I may. Um, so the property, the property center, uh, number one, they've got great STC rate. Their exchange ratio, 79.9% great. Withdrawn really low. Fall through reasonably low, around in industry average. But look at their price changes. Their price changes at 48% are very high. So that data would say to me that they're probably um, being optimistic or putting a full price at time of instruction. And yet they've got really good process afterwards to actually work with that vendor, get the price down, and then sell it and retain the instruction. If you then go to Philip, Laney and Jolly, my friends um, in the Guild, they've got, again, great STC rate, great exchange rate, uh, very low withdrawn rate, fall through rate, brilliant, 20%. But their, their price change ratio is very low. So I suspect that at time of valuation, they're being much more accurate at time of instruction still selling very well but they're possibly missing out on some instructions had they uh, if they were slightly fuller interesting interesting well we're going to have a look at that because we've got stats on that brilliant okay. uh, puppy uh, when it says this year this is last 12 months compared to the 12 months before so um you can see here that Alan Morris has grown their market share from 7.7 to 9.6. 6. So that's basically the whole of 23, roughly, nearest damn it, versus 22. Yeah. Uh, Nikon and Cole have dropped slightly, from, and Free Agent have, have dropped, but all the others have grown. Uh, let's just see what the property centre has done. They've grown by 14.75. So, yeah, um, looks like Nick and Cole have got one of the very best exchange ratios, but their market share is dropping slightly. So again, we don't know why, and we're not making judgment here. Matt is a fantastic state agent, known by many. Uh, we're, just, we're just highlighting the stats, and you make your own decisions from that, and I hope you find this of use. Let's now move on and look at um, how close the property gets to the asking price. Yeah. Um, and you're absolutely right here, because... Here it says here, original listing price overvalued. So what the property centre are doing is every one of those 389 properties in the last 12 months has got an automated valuation model price on it. 
than like a Valpal figure, but it's not Valpal, it's 20EA's figure. And then they will compare that with what you put the house on the market at. And this is telling me that the property centre is overvaluing by 3.78%. And when you compare that with the competition, that is streets ahead. So, yeah, it's quite obvious the property centre are overvaluing properties. But like you rightly said, they are working that stock. They have a system in place to yeah. get the property down in price and then get it sold. So that, what that's telling me is this. You can overprice properties, but is your system good enough to then get the price down and get the bloody thing sold? Yeah, Ian, you're absolutely bang on. And then you talked about Philip, Laney and Jolly, and they've got one of the lowest levels at 1.79. Okay. Now, yeah. what happens now is that they then look at what the house price actually sells for and then compares that back to what they thought the valuation was. Okay. Now, what this basically is saying is this. If everyone put on a £350,000 house, what would they actually sell it for? And this is where this is. So if the one that screams at me in terms of the two good agents are Nickel and Co. Hey there, Ian. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I couldn't see you. There you go. Oh, there you go. Sorry. I lost your picture. Like, oh, where's he gone? So, yeah. okay. This is where the man, look, the, the devil yeah. is in the detail, right? Yeah. If I was Nickel and Cole and Arden Estates, I would get £356,000 and £355,000. Mm -hmm for that 350 house. Yeah. But Connells would get 343 and Alice and Morris would get 345, according yeah. to this. And if anyone has any issues with this, speak with 20EA, this is their data, it's considered gold standard. But the simple yeah. fact is, is that if I if I was Nickel and Cole or Arden and States and was going up against Connells and Alan Morris, I'd say, look, here we go. Let's, let's go Nickel versus Alan Morris. Yeah. Minus six, positive four, that is £10,300. Oh. So Mrs. Miggins, here is independent data that shows not only will I have a greater chance of selling your home, but I will get, on average, £10,300 more. Now, that data doesn't tell you that, but that is where Ian and myself at the Guild Conference are going to talk about. But you, if you follow this show and have this platform... If it is your job, what's your thing about teaching me to teach you? What was that line? I love that line. I can tell you what I know, but I can't learn it for you. There you go. Is This is independent data, which you could go out and say, Mrs. Miggins, I am charging you one and a half percent because I'm going to get you an extra £10,300 £10, more. So what would you rather have? You can either lose £10,000 and save 500 quid on your fee or pay me an extra £500, but you net out 10300 that's yeah. powerful stuff, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. And there's another line that you'll love. You know, I know I'm a bit of an, an analogy man, but in order to educate others, you first have to be educated yourself. And this is this is exactly what you're talking about, Chris. Yeah, there's got there is it is you've just got to be able to spot the numbers and yeah. mean what it and show what it means to the punter. Correct. Bring this it is, to life. You know, Bring look at this life. here. Those two things here, that's the difference of 10 grand. And yeah. 10 grand is a lot of longer. Right? We're nearly at the end. How long do people take to sell a house? And the blue line is the number of, is uh, how long it takes. So the agents that sell houses the quicker, that's from new instruction to sale agree. Nickel and Cole seem to be pretty good at 46 days. Yeah. Armco 47. Property Centre 44. 
Connell's 77, so they take a bit longer. And then the pink line is how long your sale agreed takes from yeah. sale agreed to completion. And we can see here that Shelter Online seemed to be the quickest agent there at 176 days. Uh, who else have we got here? We've got Hills at 151 days, uh, sorry, um, 103 days. So if you add them yeah. all up, you can see here that there are the difference between, in terms of the top 10 estate agents, there's a difference between 151 days yeah. versus 212. Yeah. It's, um, five, six, that's over 10 weeks. That's a lot. 212, that is a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So again, if you've got someone that needs to move quickly, you can pull this out. So this is independent. Well, thing. Yeah, go, go and if you go back to the chart where it's um, withdrawn and Connell's, sadly for them, the data has shown that they've got an awful lot of withdrawns coming through. There you go. And this is not against Connors. We're big fans. No, no, no. And we, know the guys, we know the guys at Let Buzzard. They watch the show. The simple fact is that this, this is the data. Okay. The line I love about data is data doesn't care about your feelings. Finally, we'll go and look at the rental books. And we can quite clearly see here that leaders are the daddios of the town. Um, and again, market share, because you're dealing with stuff that just keeps churning and churning, it doesn't take so much, but it just gives a flavour. Interestingly, open rent are only number three in the town. Or I don't know if it's Worcester City. It'd be a city, won't it? Is it Worcester? Mm. Worcester? I think it is a city, actually. Yeah. Well, a cathedral. Um, let's look at Fairfield Estates. Okay. Connell's got a decent market. Let's go look at Martin & Co. Charles Carter, they're first on the thing. Black pair, love you, love you. Purple cactus, got some great names here. Really like this. R.A. Bennett. So again, just give you a flavour of what's coming on the market. Interestingly, just to give you an idea, I always like to do this. The average rent in Worcester was £711 in 2019. And this is for WR1 to WR6. And uh, in the last year, £927. Wow. That's a that that's a that's an eye opener. It is an eye opener, isn't it? Yeah. The beautiful thing is there is that I often take this data and make it into social media posts. Yeah. You know, it looks it looks absolutely brilliant. Remember, thirty six percent of vendors want someone who's knowledgeable about the property market. Yeah. All you're doing is posting, listing, 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 listing. You're not proving anything. You're just proving. It's just like right move with web Facebook at the top. Anyway, in. We are nearly at the end of the show, so we always like to give the last few minutes to our special guest just to give an overview of what you've seen and what estate agents can be doing to better themselves to help their clients. So uh, what have I seen? Uh, optimistic start to the year. Um, encouraging. It shows that sentiment is uh, coming back into the marketplace. It shows that consumers have actually got rid, uh, got rid of the uh, legacy knowledge of the 0.1% base rate and are just accepting the fact that base rates are at 5.25 currently and looking to be stable. Um, the economy is looking quite encouraging with inflation due to drop uh, for the remainder of the year and we, we could see some reduction in base rate anticipated from April, April onwards a little bit, which is great. So uh, it's a stabilising uh, factor. There is some uncertainty and some risk in that. So keep your eyes on the news and what's happening with supply chains and wars around the world, et cetera, not to be doom and gloom, just realistic. Uh, I think it's training your team to have a really clear strategy about how to communicate with your sellers. So looking at the last example of Worcester, it's okay to put on a full figure, not overvalue, 3% is okay. 
but have put a full figure so long as you've got a really clear strategy of how you communicate with your seller thereafter and react quite quickly to the market conditions and the feedback that you get. Um, and always thinking about differentials. So the saying that I used to have 30 years ago was Mrs. Miggins, because it's always Mrs. Miggins. What you lose on the swings, you'll gain on the roundabouts. So whatever offer you get for yours, so long as you've got enough equity, we can pass it on to the next person. And so creating chains in this marketplace is absolutely crucial. Turn one instruction into two, and then negotiate the difference in between the two to facilitate the transaction. Indeed, indeed. Wise words as always. Ian, there's a reason why we keep asking you back on the show. You're damn good value for money, and you do help the boys and girls and ladies and gentlemen of UK State Agency with your wise words. But most importantly, thank you, the, the, the viewers, for watching this show. We hope you enjoy it. Uh, it's, it does take about five hours a week to, to put together, film and edit and put through. But it, it, helps, it helps everyone. I enjoy doing the numbers. We're all on a winner. So we'll see you next week for week, week six, where we'll have another special guest. And we'll be going through the same stuff, looking at where the UK property market is, so you have a better idea of what is happening. Thank you for your time, and we'll see you next week.